On this episode of Take Talks Business, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jim Carroll, Executive Director for the Hampton Roads Small Business Development Center. Jim, thank you so much for joining us on Take Talks Business. I appreciate you taking a few minutes to, uh, to sit down and talk with me. Well, take. thank you for stopping by. Yeah, the long commute down the hallway from, from one office to the other. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so for our listeners, if you don't mind, could you give a little bit about your professional uh, background and how that ended up bringing you to the SBDC? Um, well, let's see. I'm a retired naval officer. I did almost 21 years in the Navy. Uh, my last four years, I was assigned to the Royal Navy under the Royal Navy Personal Exchange Program. Oh, wow. And I taught at the Royal Naval War College in Greenwich in London. Nice. Uh, while I was there, I got my MBA. Okay. And so uh, my MBA was in international business and with a subset in entrepreneurship. Ah. Um, it was very interesting because the Europeans look at small business in an entirely different fashion than the Americans do. Really? Absolutely. In America, small businesses hire 99.5% of all people working in the workforce work for small businesses as businesses yeah. under 500. They account for 47% of all the total number of businesses in the country. Wow. Over in Europe, small businesses are looked down upon. They're shopkeepers or tradesmen or things like that. Mm -hmm. And everybody, the Europeans want the big business. You know, the British Airways, the British okay. Steel, British Coal, things like that. Yeah. You know, a classic example was British Airways. When Richard Branson started Virgin, oh, yeah. he was going to meet with them. And the British executives all show up in their Savile Row suits and they figure we're gonna have this guy's <laughs> lunch. We got him nailed. And Branson shows up in a cardigan and that just reinforces everything. Yeah. And then Branson proceeds to have their lunch. And wow. he takes them to the cleaners and Virgin got Airways got started. Um, when I was doing a marketing class, uh, first day the professor came in and said, England is a country of small shopkeepers. And the only reason that is is because Margaret Thatcher took very successful large businesses and broke them up into unsuccessful small shopkeepers. Ah. Very, it was very eye-opening. Wow. Yeah, when I looked at all of the uh, you know, small businesses that were there, the majority of them were run by immigrants. Okay. Uh, surprisingly enough, there was a hotel in London that had 90% occupancy year-round. Wow. And hotels in the UK run from 40 to 60% occupancy and it's seasonal. His was okay. year-round 90% and why was that? Because he focused on a niche in the marketplace. Okay. Uh, Chinese who lived in Singapore and Hong Kong, which send their kids to the UK for education, uh, okay. and so he designed the hotel to accommodate their tastes, uh, their uh, their styles, yeah. the architecture, the products, the food, everything, even down to the colors. Yeah. And consequently, when people came to London, he said, "Well, we know where we're staying," and yeah. you know, and it worked out very well, and he was wow. very very successful. Wow. So I retired in 1995, came back here to Norfolk, and um, actually started a small consulting business. And you know, oh, okay. consultant is another word for semi-employed. <laughs> uh, 
because I went from job to job, but not one right after the other. I went from feast to famine to feast to famine, yeah. which is what a lot of small business owners do when they get started. Yeah. And um, I was asked to do some contract work with the SBDC. Okay. And I did a couple of clients for them, and then one day I saw an ad in the paper saying they were looking for an executive director. Uh, I checked my network, and they said, yeah, we are, and you'd be a good candidate. Why don't you apply? And I did, and go figure. They picked wow. me. That was in 1997. Wow. That's so, great. That's great. So for those who maybe aren't as familiar with SBDC, kind of what's the mission and, and the, the purpose behind the SBDC? Uh, the mission is to grow the region's economy, small businesses, okay. and make them successful. Uh, we are a part of a statewide network of 26 offices under George Mason University. Jody okay. Keenan is my state director. Uh, the SBDC network is funded by a cooperative agreement with the U.S. Small Business Administration. Oh, okay. The SBA gives George Mason University about $1.9 to $2 million a year. Uh, George Mason waives any indirect cost recovery, okay. and uh, that money then goes out to the five major super centers, Hampton Roads being one of them. Gotcha. And we have to, in order to qualify for that money, we have to raise locally non-federal money oh. from state banks, financial yeah. institutions, anywhere, any place who can give me some money, you know, okay. we go after it. Gotcha. And um, the cities and counties throughout the region are on board and supporting us, gotcha. or the majority of them are. Yeah. And some financial institutions uh, have come to the forefront, uh, an example of which was uh, Truist Foundation. Yeah. Uh, when the, the coronavirus hit, uh, they came to us and said, we'd like to help, and what do you think would work? And so I said, well, our biggest problem uh, our clients are going to have is access to capital and access to information. Yeah. I can handle the access to information, but I need an expert in access to capital. Oh, okay. So they gave us a $40,000 grant. Wow. And I hired Mike Austin, who is a retired bank vice president uh, from Fulton Bank. He had 30 years experience in SBA lending. Wow. And Mike has proven his worth, his weight in gold. That's I awesome. mean, he has done absolutely first-rate uh, service to not only the clients here in Hampton Roads, but to the entire VSBDC network. Oh, wow. That's great. Wow. So um, what would you say um, are the two or three points that when you're working with uh, an entrepreneur that's trying to start a new business, and granted, uh, I guess to a certain extent, maybe I'm taking this pre-COVID, um, but but when people walk in and say, okay, I want to start a new business, I mean, what, what are kind of those first few points that you say, okay, before we even can talk, give me answers to these three things or these two things? What are you selling? Who's your customer? And who's your competition? Gotcha. Um, and then we get into cash, cash flow, profit margins, and liquidity. Okay. And do most people have answers to those questions? In varying degrees. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're the wrong answers. <laughs> I have no competition. Well, yes, you do. Yeah. Well, everybody's going to buy my product. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we, we really try to get them to focus on the basics. Yeah. You know, what is your product? Are you a business-to-consumer market? Are you business-to-business -business market? Are you a business-to-government market? Yeah. All three have different dynamics, different timelines, 
you know, cash flow is different. I mean, it's absolutely astoundingly complex. And you, and unless you know this stuff right up front, yeah, uh, you're really hurting. Yeah. Uh, what's it cost to get your product out the door? Restaurants, for instance, are ninety-seven percent of their of the cash they take into the cash register. So ninety-seven cents on every dollar that comes in is already spent. Wow. They have a three to four to maybe five percent profit margin. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And so for somebody to say, I'm going to start a restaurant and I'm going to have 150000 in profits the yeah. first year, no, you are not. <laughs> not at 5% profit margins. Yeah. you got to sell millions of dollars of food to get to that. Yeah. So understanding you know, the basics, getting all the information, and then building a set of assumptions and then going back and either validating or kicking out the assumptions, either good or bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so knowing that the, that's such a harsh reality for, for some people when they come in and, and they're all excited because they have an idea and, they, and they're convinced that it's going to be the, the next best thing, how do you work through that dynamic? I mean, is it, is it kind of a harsh reality type thing that you have to work through or do some people just simply take things a little bit better than others? I mean, how... How do you work through that dynamic when you are dealing with people that, that, for the most part, I would assume this is a very personal thing for them? It's an extremely personal thing, and a lot of small business owners wrap their entire identity around being that small business owner, Yeah, uh, which makes failure even harder to take. Yeah, um, We show them the reality of the situation, and you know if they're good in some areas, Fantastic. If they're not good in other areas, well, we have to tell them that. We yeah. can't uh, We can't lie to them. Uh, we have a variety of tools that are available to us. Uh, we have a tool called Growth Wheel, which breaks down the business into four key quadrants. Each quadrant has uh, five subsets, and each subset has uh, 20 different questions or an questions that have to be yeah. answered. And so as you work around these subsets, you know, we have the business idea, uh, business internal administration, uh, the market, and then the financials. Gotcha. And we take them through and we have them build a 30, 60, 90 day plan to okay. uh, move forward with their business. Gotcha. Uh, we have other tools. We have our SPDC website, which is a treasure trove of information for anybody looking to start a business. Gotcha. Uh, we've even gone so far now as to reach out to the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for Coastal Virginia. Oh, okay. And now my SBDC website and our small business lending website are available either in English or Spanish. That's great. Wow. Um, and do you... When somebody comes in, I, I mean, I'm assuming there are different levels of, of preparedness that people have when they walk in. Uh, are there times where you where you literally have to say, look, here are the tools that are available to you. Now, go home. <laughs> Here's your homework. And, and you almost have to start from scratch where mm -hmm. there are others that maybe are further along in the process. Uh, an example, I guess, would be like a business plan. I mean, like on average, how many people really come in with a plan opposed to just simply an idea? I don't know, I, I, maybe 20%, okay. 30%. Okay. Um, and some of the plans are really not worth the paper they're written on yeah. because the, the assumptions are wrong. Gotcha. Um, 
their ideas are wrong, they don't understand their financials. I mean, there's just gotcha. so many things. So you guys are literally, in many cases, starting from scratch other than the initial idea itself. Yeah. Um, so one thing, and, I, and we saw this a lot in marketing, um, and I'm curious as to kind of how you work through this with, with uh, entrepreneurs, is that concept that because it's, say, food-related or because it's um, a particular uh, item or service that I always found it interesting in marketing when somebody would come to me and say, well, everybody is a potential customer. <laughs> and I'd have to kind of sit them down and go, okay, well, that may be the case, but you can't reach everybody, even if that is the case. So how do you work through that dynamic with, a, with an entrepreneur to kind of figure out, okay, yeah, technically everybody could be a customer, but the reality is you're not going to reach everybody. So where does that step and how can people be more proactive in kind of determining that maybe even before they come to talk to you? Um, very simply, identify what the product is and then identify who the potential customer is going to be. Uh, give me the demographics of your customer. Okay. I want age, sex, race, marital status, children, pets. Do they live in the suburbs? Do they live in the cities? Are they uh, dinks, double income, no kids? Are they uh, baby boomers? Are they Generation X, Generation Y, Generation gotcha. Next, Generation Z? Yeah. Tell me, uh, give me all of the attributes that your customer has. How much gotcha. money do they have to spend on your product? Is this product a must-have or a nice-to-have? <laughs> a want yeah. or a need? Yeah, Maslow's, yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yep. You know, so those are the kinds of questions we're going to be asking, and if they gotcha. haven't considered them, then they're really not ready to move forward. Gotcha. And do you do you get a, a larger percentage of those, especially in this market where we have so much military, the port, a lot of government contracting? Do you see more or less of business to consumer versus business to business? Uh, we see primarily business to consumer. Okay. Um, ODU well, no, used to have a PTAC, they don't have it anymore. But there's a procurement technical assistance center uh, oh, okay. run out of George Mason University oh. that uh, works the procurement side of the house, yeah. uh, getting into the nitty gritty of how to contract with the federal government. Now, they work on the federal government. Um, the Department of Minority Business Enterprises up in Richmond has a very good uh, outreach program for pe making people aware of the SWAM certification, gotcha. uh, getting them registered into EVA, the Electronic Virginia, because everything is done on the internet for Virginia's uh, uh, procurement. And then if a person wants to go and do contracting with Department of Transportation, there's another set of rules and different yeah. qualifications. If they want to work for the cities, they different, <laughs> you know, different rules and regulations and different points of contact depending on what department they're going after. Yeah, and yeah. different timelines as to when the bu when the budgets are being uh, uh, f finalized. Yeah. Because you could say, hey, I got this great idea and I want to sell it to the city of Virginia Beach or Norfolk. Well, their budget was set last year. Yeah. They can't spend outside that budget. Yeah. So, gotcha. you know, understanding the dynamics is, is absolutely essential. Gotcha. And you bring up George Mason at the beginning of the conversation. I noticed on the website there's also a partnership with Thomas Nelson. So how did those relationships with the, with the different schools 
uh, work with your team. When the SBDC idea was first raised back in 1990, um, the Hampton Roads Chamber submitted a application oh, okay. to have host an SBDC. Thomas Nelson Community College and the Virginia Peninsula Chamber submitted an application to host an SBDC. Oh, gotcha. They went up to Richmond to the Department of Business Assistance or Department of Commerce, I don't know which one it was then. Yeah. And they said the two shall become one and oh by the way take the eastern shore and a couple of counties on the middle peninsula <laughs> while you're at it so we now have 18 cities and counties that we cover gotcha but okay. that all that all came about uh, based on a decision made in richmond yeah and to be honest with you it makes eminent sense yeah it really really did because the region even though it is very non-contiguous, we have this thing called the Chesapeake Bay and a million rivers around here <laughs> that you, you can't go anywhere without crossing a bridge. Yeah. Uh, and so we're non-contiguous, but we're very homogeneous because, you know, the government, uh, government procurement, small businesses, everything along those lines. Yeah. And I can tell you, I came here in 1974 as a brand new ensign in the Navy fresh out of college. And I left in 1978 vowing never to come back here <laughs> because it, this was an entirely different town. Yeah. And in 1980, the military has these things called orders, not invitations. <laughs> and uh, I got ordered back here and I found out that in the interim, not only did I grow up, but Hampton Roads had grown up. Yeah. And Waterside got started. And I now had children, and I had a different outlook on life. Yeah. And I said, you know, this is a pretty neat place. So we bought a house in Virginia Beach, kept it. Uh, when the kids grew out, uh, grew up and moved out and got married and had their own kids, uh, we sold the house and moved to a condo in downtown Norfolk. Nice, nice. So um, COVID. So here we are, January 2020. Um, and, and we even as an organization, and when I say we, for those who aren't familiar, the SBDC, uh, you all are, are an affiliate with the chamber. I mean, your office and my office are a couple doors down from each other. So we hit COVID in January. Um, can you talk a little bit about the shift that you and your team made um, over the past probably six to nine months? We went from status quo anti-planning to disaster response. Gotcha. Uh, when everything went completely haywire, um, we reorganized our entire statewide network, as a matter of fact, under Jody Keenan. We, wow. we all came together, reorganized it to respond to the crisis. Uh, the other stuff was like, yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Right now it is crisis response. Yeah. And we were processing people through the system, helping them get EIDL loans, helping them get PPP loans, giving them access to information. There, I have a email list of about 40 or 50 people, economic development directors, heads of chambers, uh, heads of other organizations, and I was sending out information on a once, twice, maybe three times a day, hey, yeah. this is important, here's what's going on right now. Yeah. And tried to keep everybody as aware as possible that of what was taking place. And 
made sure everybody knew that the SBDC was their source for definitive, straightforward, no uh, spin result or answers yeah. or information. Yeah. And if it was something that was, well, we heard this, well, you know, we debunked a lot of myths. There were others oh, wow. where we uh, gave people a heads up that something's come. this is coming down the line, you better be prepared for it. Gotcha. And they were. So we went into disaster, disaster response. Disaster response then morphed into, for us, business as usual, because that became our new way of doing business. Yeah. And um, that's how our focus has been throughout uh, this entire uh, endeavor. Uh, the one thing is, is that everybody wants to plan. I, you know, small business owners like, please, dear God, just tell me when I can open my business again. Yeah. I got bills to pay. I have staff I want, you know, I've got to take care of. I have my own bills to pay, let alone the business bills, the rent and utilities and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing I learned when I was in the Navy and as a student at the Naval War College and teaching at the Royal Naval War College in London and teaching for the U.S. Naval War College here, I was a prof I just retired as a professor after 24 years. Yeah. Um, the enemy gets a vote. <laughs> and in this case, the disease gets a lot of votes, yeah. Yeah. and so you can plan to the fairly well. Yeah. And like we're looking at right now with the with this new wave coming through, mm -hmm. people were planning to okay, we're going to do this, going to do this, we're going to live with it, yeah. and then, boom, off to the races. Wow. And so, all the planning that was done was, I won't say useless, far from it. Uh, it it's de it's definitely necessary to figure out the allocation of resources, time, funds, things like that. Yeah. But it's something that was not going to be done at this time. Yeah. Are there certain industries or, or sectors that you see that, that have seen kind of a positive trend um, during this? I, I know, I think kind of the obvious one that you hear a lot of simply because of companies like Zoom has been on the tech side. Um, are there other industries that you have seen that kind of entrepreneurs kind of saw some opportunities there and kind of jumped on it quickly and have been able to kind of benefit from, from some of mm -hmm. those small sectors? Um, one is, believe it or not, restaurants. You know, ah. They really have looked at a variety of different courses of action. And you know they went from a sit down, everybody in the room, to yeah. now you come up to the door and get your meals and take them home. Yeah. Uh, they have parking spaces dedicated. They have outdoor dining spaces dedicated. Gotcha. Uh, the cities are coming on board, trying to figure out how we can heat those outdoor spaces uh, when the when the temperatures oh, start yeah. to go down. Yeah. Uh, there's they've done as much as they could to have different distribution channels. Yeah. Uh, to get the product out to the out to the people, yeah, you know they're looking at consolidating. Um, I went to a restaurant for lunch one day in Vir in Virginia Beach Town Center, a sit down establishment, and ninety percent of it was converted into a production facility. Oh, the sit down area was converted into a production facility. Oh, wow. To get the get the food out the door, and I watched yeah. a constant stream of Uber Eats and DoorDash <laughs> and Postmates yeah. all coming in and picking up wow. orders. So you know we've seen you know 
the rise of the gig economy. Yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, businesses shift to home-based. Gotcha. Um, about, uh, what was it, about 10%, 20% of the businesses in certain counties in this area are home-based. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, who, who would have thought? Yeah. And, and it's not just the, hey, I'm making jewelry and selling yeah. it on Etsy. I'm yeah. talking about physical trainers. I'm talking about consultants, accountants, lawyers, everything like that. Yeah. You know, the days of the big office spaces, they're gone. Yeah. Everybody has now transitioned to remote. Uh, you know, before remote was establishing a call center in India or something along those lines. Now yeah. it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so for those who are looking to work with you and your team, how do they reach you? What's the best place to start? Is it online? Is it with a phone call? It's online. If they go to the SBDC website, which is www.hrsbdc.org, um, when you get to the homepage, you'll see a sign that says request an appointment. Okay. Click on that. Uh, that will take you into our state uh, database. You answer some questions, and then it flashes up on my screen that, hey, we've got a new appointment, and oh, okay. uh, we will reach out and contact you. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for not only taking the time to uh, sit down and talk to me and, and give our listeners an opportunity to learn about the SPTC, but, um, but I, I can't let you go without thanking you and your team. I mean, you guys, uh, I, I've been lucky enough to, to sit down the the hallway from me and, and look at what you guys have been doing over the last nine months and it's just been uh, it's been quite the effort on everybody's part so thank you very much for everything you've been doing for our, for our business community over that time and and uh, please pass along to everybody on your team how appreciated we all are of it so um, so thank you for joining me and and uh, thank you for joining the the listeners of take talks business well take thank you very much and look forward to uh, hearing this on your uh, channel. Absolutely. Take care. All right.